Live from State Street in the heart of Chicago, you are listening to the new home of the Chicago Bears, ESPN Chicago. And this is Carmen and Yurko, WMVP, WSHE, HD2, Chicago, a good Karma Brands radio station. And away we go on this Thursday. We love Thursdays. We get to play McKnight at the movies. We go to Vegas and we talk football with Todd Furman, one of the best in the business. We'll pick his brain on one We're trying to get through all six here. We got Super Wild Card Weekend coming up. It starts on Saturday afternoon. It ends on Monday night on the holiday. Carmen and York collecting a dollar alongside. We are live in our State Street studios, and you watch us on YouTube today and every day. The ESPN Chicago page. Make sure you have the ESPN Chicago app. Listen live. Listen on demand. You can listen on AM 1000. You can listen on FM 100.3 HD2. A lot of sound to play from the press conferences yesterday. It was about 90 minutes worth of press conferences. You heard every second of it here on your home for Bears football. We were off the air, though. It was during the Waddle and Sylvie show. So we need to revisit a little bit of that. We need to talk football. We need to talk Bears. It was a wild day yesterday. And we learned something today, officially, that the Carmen and Yurko show broke last May. Almost a year ago. Yeah, almost a year ago, Carm. You had it. We broke the news. This is a we. This is the Carmen and Yurko show. We. But you had it. This is the four of us together. Right. Team. 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 But when in the field, team. 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 At the plate. Team. At the plate. Time plates. for individual accomplishment. <laughs> team. Team. But in the field. Ah, team. Damn. What'd you splinter? Got a paper cut. Oh, boy. We got a bleeder. Damn. We've got a bleeder. You're going to make it. That hurt. Okay. What was it that you made, Carm? What, we what broke it? the news last May that the Bears were on track for a London game. I got some. Yes, Thanks. a London Thanks, game. The, we broke the news last uh, last May that the Bears were on track for a 2024 international game, a London game, and the league has made that official. The Bears, Jaguars, and Vikings will all play home games, and the Bears have nine, so yes. they're... They can't do anything about it. They have to sacrifice one of their home games. Right. They will play one of their home games in London next year. The Panthers will play one game in Germany. So it looks like there will be four more international games next year. Maybe there's more. Maybe the Jaguars will still right. the last they time, announced the it. The last time the Bears were there. 2019, I believe They got their asses kicked by the Raiders. By the Raiders. Yeah. First time they were there, we were there. It was the fall of 2011. Yeah. And they beat... Uh, Lovey's Tampa Bay Buccaneers, if you'll remember. 100% correct, dude. We were there for that. We were not there in 2019. We're already angling to get back. I told Danny Zetterman, our boss, our content director, this morning. You told him. I said, Danny, not for nothing, but, you know, we broke the news last year. We did break it. We told everybody the Bears are going to be in London in 2024. They are. I said they're playing at Tottenham. Yurko is the biggest Tottenham fan in oh, Chicago. I mean, I, I'm one of the best. Yes, they're absolutely. playing in Tottenham Stadium. Love Tottenham. Tottenham. I believe the last two times they played, I, they played I, in Wembley. Right. right? Uh, yes, I hearken back to my days of uh, Raphael Vandervart. I don't even know who that is. Oh, and Ledley King. And then the, the the topper. What I think sold Danny, and he was unaware of this fact. This year is the 15th anniversary of the Carmen and Yurko show. Of course, it was Carmen Yurko and Harry when we started on, July, yes. on Jan 19, excuse me, Jan 19, 2009. 2009. January 19. This is the fifth. And Danny said, it is? It is. I'm he shocked. said, this is your 15th anniversary? I said, yes, thanks uh, for remembering. I mean, he's a big chronicler of the uh, Sylvia Waddle show. He knows exactly I mean, like, what day the, that show is on every day. For like their 11th anniversary, they went to Mexico. Yeah. You know, it's like, whoa. It was wait. fun. Yeah, Adam was there. It was like, wait a minute. Who the hell celebrates 11? 
Last year, I they think went, it was technically their tenure. Was but it? They, yeah, I but I think we went early in the eleventh year. It went to Mexico. Yeah, I know. Last year for their Sweet Sixteen, they, what do they call that? Um, no. What do the Spanish fans call that? Quinceanera, right? Quinceanera. Fifteen. For their, what do they call 16th birthday? Your 16th birthday. For their sweet 16, they went to Vegas. Yeah. For our six and a half a year anniversary, we went to Seven Bridges. Six now, and a half we years. love Seven Bridges. Yeah. But we had to celebrate a six and a half year anniversary. Yeah. It's like, Danny, not for nothing, champ, but, you know, 15 years. Yeah, what know, do you say? Let's you know, go to London for the, Bears and whomever. They, those guys are, uh, you know, taking the number two over into different commodes in the bathroom. They're going to have a celebration for it. They're probably going down to, you know, Florida. They're going to have how, a celebration. That's how I spent my morning, trying to convince Danny on January 11th that sometime in September, October, or November... We need to be yeah. going to London it's, for it's, a Bears game. We, right? Oh, I said all of us. We? I said we. The, four the of ensemble? Us. We. Yes. He said we. The royal we. I said we need we. to go. The French we. This O-U-I. show is going to London. We want to eat fish and chips and mushy peas. Mushy peas. And we want to tour the Tower of London and ride the eye and ride the uh, the tube. Bangers and mash. Yes. All the whole thing. The whole kit and caboodle. And those games are usually, Everything. actually, I guess they, they usually schedule those games are always in October, November, like I believe, aren't the international they? dates. Yes. The international dates are always in October, And we get to go to uh, Yurko's uh, uh, favorite team stadium. That's what I said. It's Hotspur Tottenham. Stadium. Tottenham. Stadium. We yeah. gotta go. The Hotspurs. So I'll spend the next few months angling for that. We all need to keep... Dr- We're yeah. like Ralphie asking for the Red Rider BB gun. Yeah. We need to continue to drop little notes to Keith and Danny and Maggie Sketch upstairs. No, right? don't even be subtle. I want you to come in looking like one of the... Uh, Beef eaters? Yeah. Like, I want you in, like, one of, like, the tall hats and everything. What if I dressed up as King Charles? He's the king now, right? That silly whole uh, thing they got going anything. on over there? At least you're not dressing up like Prince. I think we should do an episode-by-episode episode recap every day of The Crown. We'll start at season one. Okay, move on to, we'll, go to, a, we'll go to Bridgerton. That's a good idea, too. And I hope everybody caught Yurko's joke there, because that yeah. was good. Uh, no, I will not dress up as the... I'll dress, he's the king now, right? Because the queen died. He is, King Charles. So he's the king? Yeah. Can you imagine God having a king, king and queen in 2024? They literally had to you know, change that, right? I don't know. Well, yeah, God Save the Queen in the, in the song. Oh, so now yes, it's God Save yes, the King. It is, yeah. yeah. Well, that would make sense. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, if it's a king yeah, and I know, queen. but for 50 years, you sang it one way. Now, all of a sudden, you got to remember. A queen and a king. How silly. Well, what are you going to do? Thank goodness we won our independence. Right. By the way, uh, if you go see Alexander Hamilton, if you go see Hamilton, the movie, uh, the play, yes. the king is the best part of that. <laughs> he king sings George? his songs. Yeah, he he sings his tunes. Is that right? He sings his songs. I'm He's the last like, guy in America that hasn't seen Hamilton. I saw that. Uh, me last one. Guaranteed. I saw it on video. I didn't see it live. I saw a performance on video. Never seen. <laughs> Hirko got the bootleg. He got the bootleg. From a dude yeah. on the street. Yeah. Yeah. Like, with a video camera. Yeah. I didn't want to go. Recording plays. <laughs> my my daughter has seen it twice. And my daughter pulled it up for me, and we watched it. I am. I'm the only I will say this: you didn't do us any favors yesterday, Karn, by calling for a tea party. Now we. I don't know if we can go now because yeah. you want to overthrow a tea party here. Now, now he's on the radar up there. Yeah, well, I, yeah. yeah. 
That's you've true. Been I might be. You've I've been, been flagged. flagged. Yeah. Hate hate passports, everybody. Hate speech. What do they call it? Interpol over there? What is it? Uh, Scotland oh. Yard? Like oh, they knows? flagged me. They're like, oh, yeah. he's talking about that damn tea party. Yeah. Sons MI6. Bitches. MI6. Right? MI6. But that's yeah. made up, isn't it? Or is that real? Oh. Is MI6 real? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> this is a big event. The Bears going to London. I will say this. It's we need huge. to plan this out so we get like a full week because huge. if we're able to travel to London, there's quite a bit of EPL action mm-hmm. that we can experience while staying in London before we get to the NFL game. I will tell you this. If we do this, I'm going to a game. In 2011, you didn't go. <laughs> we were there in October of 2011, and I felt like it was my, uh, my son, my first uh, child, was going to be born the following March. It was a few months away, right? Um, and I was like, man, this is, you know, everybody tells you about parenthood and how much harder it is, and you lose some time, and it's not all about you anymore, and... I was, like, using London as, like, a last hurrah. It was October. Yep. Love London. I'd been there before. It's a fun, fun town. Fun town. And uh, good time. I got a little carried away Saturday going into Sunday. Because yeah. remember, the game doesn't kick off there until, like, 6.30 at night. We at weren't night. getting up for a yeah. game. And we had to leave the next morning. We had to go to Heathrow. So me and Zetterman and J.D. Yep. Rip, my brother. Uh, Caitlin was with us because they were going to France together after the game. So it was like me, Zed, JD, Caitlin, Albert Breer. We got, OC, Billy Ochepka, we got annihilated. I mean, OC and I, I remember stumbling back to the hotel, somehow finding it with OC at like five in the morning. And then Yurko's calling us going, I got tickets to go to see, what game did you go to? Arsenal Arsenal? Arsenal against Stoke City at Highbury. And I was, forget hungover, I was still so drunk. Like, I went down to the lobby at about 8.30 in the morning, maybe, to meet Yurko, and I'm like, no chance. Can't do it. I'm like, I got, I, there's literally, there's no chance. I said, I got to go back and, like, maybe throw up, lie down for a little while. And when you stay out late in London, like, the bars close at, I think, 11 or midnight, you're in clubs. The only thing that is open in London after, like, 11, it's weird. All the pubs close. Yes. But you're, you basically then have to go to, you, you, we were nightclubbing, which yeah, I don't do well anyway. Yeah. And it was a disaster. Yeah. And so I missed the game, and I always kind of regretted not seeing an EPL game. I promise you I will not miss an EPL game. I want to go to everything. EPL, yeah. I want to go to a championship. championship. Yeah. Uh, like, I want to go to the smaller I got you. stadiums, yeah. too. Like That's to see why I that said stuff. a week. I yeah. said a week because if you're in London, there's so many EPL teams in London. Yeah. If you're there for seven days, you should theoretically be able to get to two or three matches. We got to do this next right? year. Right? Because, like, there are that many teams around and in London that someone's going to be home. There will right. be home dates. Right. And you can get to it. That day kicked off I in the morning it. with the uh, rugby world championships. It oh, did. yeah. We yeah. watched France play uh, New Zealand, the All Blacks. New Zealand, All Blacks. And it's and not the French far. Won. Like, if you want to go to, there's a train to Manchester. It's only like an hour and a half or something like that on the sure. train. You can yeah. get to Manchester. You can see United or City. It's probably going to be the best Bears trip next year because the road slate's but, not all that great. They're going to lose a home game and play in London. That's an international date usually or FA Cup or something goofy when the NFL goes out there. Usually they give them well, the weekend Tottenham off. Well, certainly won't be home. Tottenham yeah. won't be. We know that. But, right. like, think about it. In October, yeah, Crystal you, Palace, you do have to deal with the international dates. Yeah. But the NFL is over there so frequently now that there's NFL games yeah. and EPL action they, taking place in the yeah, same right. weekend. They might pop a Wednesday, too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yep. They'll that's, pop a Wednesday. That's why we there. have to go the whole week. Chris is right. Not Sheffield Wednesday, so <laughs> which is its own team. But so, they do play on Wednesday. So yesterday was one of the weirder days you're going to get in football. It'll be a day that is remembered. 
forever. Like the day that Belichick, Carroll, and Saban were either relieved of their duties or retired. Mm -hmm. They're all older. They're three of, I mean, listen, two of the three might be the two best ever, right? Belichick and Saban might be the two best ever. And Pete Carroll's no slouch himself. Was great at USC. Was great in this run for a lot of years at Seattle. Very accomplished. It was pretty weird to see the way that day progressed. One, two, and three. Matt Eberflew still has a job. In one of the great coaching cycles you're probably going to see with guys like Jim Harbaugh and Mike Vrabel. And Ben Johnson certainly doesn't have the skins on the wall. But I think he's a very intriguing prospect, York, the OC in Detroit. Pete Carroll, maybe. Belichick. The Bears are deciding that, no, we're good with our head coach. I hope they're right. I always, uh, you know, I want to give the benefit of the doubt. It gets hard when you see your team get as much wrong as they've gotten wrong over the years, let's face it. And it's not being mean. It's not being, oh, you're so nasty and you're not a fan. They've had one winning season in the last 11. One. Since 2013, the Bears are the sixth losingest franchise in the NFL. Yeah. That is not good enough to me. Of course not. And they, why have they done that? Because they normally get it wrong. Right. It gets harder and harder to give them the benefit of the doubt. I'll do it. I like polls right now. I do give polls the benefit of the doubt without question. I sure hope they get all this right and that we're not here a year from now going, well, here the Bears go again looking for a new coach and they missed out on Harbaugh and they missed out on Ben Johnson and they maybe missed out on Belichick. Yeah, Belichick's going to go somewhere where he's well, got power probably. Listen, that's a right. that's pie in the sky. But I'm just saying. You're not missing out on the older fellas, okay? Because the older fellas have already done what they've done. So you're not missing out. We're not what hiring about Harbaugh. Would you I'm say not Harbaugh? hiring Belichick. I'm not hiring Pete Carroll. You missed out on uh, the possibility of having uh, Jim uh, Harbaugh, if Jim Harbaugh actually wants to leave. If Jim Harbaugh ends up signing a massive contract with the University of Michigan, then to me, Jim Harbaugh is never available. So, well, that would, yeah, that, yeah. Yeah, but I'm just saying, if he ends up signing back there, he was never available. That's all, that's all I'm saying. I hope we're not here a year from now with Ryan Poles and Kevin Warren sitting at that podium explaining why they have to find a new head coach. I just hope that doesn't happen. By the way, here was Poles when asked yesterday if he talked to Jim Harbaugh, Yurko. No, I haven't talked to Jim. Brian, Did, why, why is this coach from Michigan? He was not a consideration. You did not, not see him as a... No, yeah. like I said, we're, we're going with Matt, and uh, I gave you the reasons why. Um, I think go through, you know, I didn't, I didn't go talk to anybody. So he didn't talk to any other potential coaching candidates. And here are some of the reasons that he gave as to why they're retaining Matt Eberflus. Coach Flus, his leadership through hard times. Um, we had some adversity early in the season, in the middle of the season. Uh, his ability to stand strong and, and keep the team together was incredible. Um, he, his ability to adapt and adjust as we went along, you know, he had sudden change in terms of his role, and I thought we benefited from that. I thought we got better from that point, and I'm really happy for him. And he talked about building a strong foundation yesterday. I also was really proud of the steps that we did take. Um, if you really look back and, and really look at the starting point and then look at where we are today, you can't tell me you don't see the difference. Um, we're making strong progress. We're doing it the right way. It's built on a solid foundation. It's not a house of cards. It's going to continue to go up um, as we continue to um, have um, 
continuity with our with our roster, and that makes the future really bright for us. Um, we have flexibility with our cap space. We have a really unique draft situation that's going to allow us to continue to get better. Uh, and like I said, most importantly, the continuity part is going to be critical because when you bring all those things together, we're just going to keep climbing. The Bears certainly have a lot going for them for the second straight offseason with the draft capital they have, with the uh, amount of money they have to spend in free agency. And Ryan Poles is right. They're in a much better position than they were 18 months ago, 12 months ago, four months ago. Jalen Johnson kind of emerged. Now he's playing for a contract. You hope that continues after he gets it. But Jalen Johnson emerged. You traded for Sweat. As badly as you swung and missed on Claypool, sweats, sweats a player. And you didn't pay him a ridiculously out-of-whack contract, Yerk. You know, you really didn't. Yep. For a player that should be very productive for you in the next handful of years, uh, you, it seems like Kyler Gordon continues to get better. I think Kyler Gordon's one well, of the biggest bright spots that nobody talks about. The nickel gets overlooked sometimes, Yerk. Yeah. 6'9", 33. Yeah. All those guys. You know, he also talked about 33. He's not going anywhere. Jalen Johnson. He's not going anywhere. Right. We'll have him. Okay, good. He's made a commitment. So the, he likes what he sees. The foundation is much better than it was. Sure, it was. Sure, it he is. Got Darnell right. Right. If Tevin can stay on the field, it looks like you got a player in Tevin Jenkins. Right. I think you hit on something interesting when you talk about Tevin and and Nate Davis. And yeah, is that Nate Davis? Yes, it is Nate Davis. Nate right. Davis and Tevin. Yeah. Yeah. They just can't wait to get off the field. The minute they get hurt, they can't wait to get off the field. Sometimes. I think that's been the one thing that's kind of dogged Tevin so far in his NFL career, don't you think? Yeah, well, it's dog Nate Davis here. And, I mean, obviously what happened in the preseason, because everybody wants to keep secrets, you don't get to find out what the hell's going on. But, uh, you know, his preseason was the way it was. And then he finally got a chance to play once he got healthy. He played, then he got hurt. Then he played, then got hurt. They're both good when they play, especially yeah. Tevin Jenkins. I, I think you've got something to build on. They like Braxton Jones, it sounds like. They, they do a little light in the ass. Um, you know, his grade for the whole season, I guess, is pretty decent. But man, It was pretty good. Yeah. For the second straight year, it was pretty good. And now, is he getting exposed because of a flaw in technique or because he might be banged up a little bit? Then you could maybe build in an excuse. You know, when I saw Tevin Jenkins get beat like a drum in the final game, well, the guy was sweeping his hands. He was a little bit overextending. He wasn't sitting in his chair. He wasn't deep. You block with your legs. Sometimes you got to flash the arms. You got to bring the arms back. You've got to change it up a little bit. So, you know, I can sit there and say, okay, yeah, well, technique, technique, technique. He wasn't physically getting his ass kicked, but his technique was poor. So, well, so that's fixable. When you're physically getting your ass it. kicked, that's a problem. That's a problem. That, yeah. that's technique problem. you can fix when you're physically getting beat up. I can fix up. technique. Yeah. Right. I hear it's you. when you're physically you can't handle it, that's a problem. I hear you. Uh, a candidate became available yesterday with what happened in Seattle that I think is intriguing for the Bears, and Pete that's Carroll? Shane Waldron. Oh, no, Shane Waldron. The the OC. Because Carroll's gone, everybody's available now. Yes. Yeah. Shane Waldron, I think, would be a good choice. I like the guys off of the Shanahan McVay tree. Or I, I'd be willing to roll the dice on one of those guys. You know, and now, already a you, parking structure named after him. Uh, yeah, Waldron that's a good deck. point, Yerko. Yeah. That's a great point. Somebody pointed it out earlier, so that's where oh, I got he? it from. Yeah, that's funny. So just to you know, give credit where credit is due. That's pretty funny. I'd hate to steal somebody's comedy. You know. <laughs> uh, now Luke Getzey is sort of indirectly related because of his affiliation with Matt Lafleur to that tree, and that didn't maybe work out as well. But Shane Waldron would be interesting to me. Coached a long time with. Uh, Sean McVay, and I believe, what was it, the last two years, I think, was the OC? Or was it the last three, maybe, even? He's been the OC in Seattle. They just missed the playoffs this year, but they did some good things, revitalizing the career 
of Geno Smith, right? I mean, that, that's what yeah. they did oh, the yeah. last two years. Oh, they yeah. revitalized the career they, of Geno Smith. They, they got him the contract extension because yes. he played so well. I, I heard his numbers this morning, uh, 59 touchdowns, like close to 6,000 yards passing. Pretty good numbers. They definitely got him on the right track. Maybe even closer to like 6,900 yards. I mean, it's been impressive. And, and Waldron has been there the last three years. He was there 2021 through this season. So yeah, three seasons like he was the OC. I think that's an intriguing candidate. Yeah, I do. I really think, and like Sylvie's been on this, I really think they need whomever they get. You know, you hope that that person is good at identifying quarterback talent because I think that's going to be important, obviously, uh, as they go through the senior bowl, the combine, the workouts, the individual stuff, like everything that goes into it. And Polls talked a lot yesterday about, you know, the hard part. You know, you can see the, the tangible stuff, but then it's everything else and it's the meetings and the character. I get it. It's a hard job. But. Is there anybody up there that's really good for good at it? That has an eye for it? There was obviously some sort of misevaluation. They tried to dance around that, but I don't know how you could say there and wasn't Stroud. some misevaluation on Stroud. Here, listen to a couple of these exchanges. This was part of it yesterday. Here was polls uh, when CJ Stroud got brought up. I don't think so at all. I think you have to take in what's best for your team. Um, so when you look at that situation and how it ended up playing out, to have DJ, to have uh, Darnell, to have Stevenson, to have the first overall and the second uh, next year. I feel like that's the best for our organization. All right, they got a haul, and that was great. And it is a lot of building block, guys. The, the best building block is the all-world quarterback. We know that. Something the Bears have never had. That's the foundational piece that's more important than anything else. And so he, he said last year he would have to be blown away. So if he were blown away, he would have drafted C.J. Stroud. He obviously wasn't. And if you could have presented him C.J. Stroud's rookie numbers, he would have looked at it and said, yeah, I'm blown away. So there is an obvious misevaluation that happened. He talked a little bit more about evaluating the college quarterbacks. Here was polls from yesterday. There's, you know, the player aspect in terms of the human being and the leadership and uh, their maturity, and that's the human part, and then there's the tape. And we'll go through the tape and we'll look at, you know, processing and accuracy and all of those things to make sure they're on point to feel the best. Uh, there are situations where you go to and you develop um, and you may uh, overcome some of the shortcomings that you had in college. Um, there's situations where it's the, you know, the group around you that elevates you. Um, and the other thing, too, is like I would also, you know, have a little card. Like you got the sample size to be blown away, like in the NFL, like you got to stack year after year after year. So um, historically, we'll look at those quarterbacks that have been able to be productive for a long period of time and kind of mirror that and compare that to some of the guys in the draft. He's not wrong about that. You do want to stack years before your Mahomes or Burrow or Allen, right? Right. You got to stack them. And this was only CJ's first year. He also did something that only two other quarterbacks in the history of the league have ever done. Those two quarterbacks were Tom Brady and Joe Montana. Not bad. He's yeah, obviously the only. Ro- he's also the only rookie to ever do it, and uh, that stat blew me away. Waddle and Sylvie told me about that. Uh, if you're wondering what that stat is, he became just the third quarterback ever and the first rookie, just the third quarterback ever after Montana and Brady to lead the league in yards per game and touchdown to interception ratio. He had the best touchdown to interception ratio in football this year. That's that's incredible. So he's in good company. He's off to a pretty good start. I thought that was a good answer. 
I hope they put all of that into play, Yurko. I thought Polls' answers yesterday were the best out of everybody, by the way. Out of everybody that spoke, I found I find him to be like I think he's I think he does a somewhat reasonable job of being as transparent as he can be without giving away too much because it is that is part of his job. I understand that. I found his answers to be the best out of all of them. Uh, Kevin Warren's like taking credit for the Rams' success in 2024. He was there 25 years ago. Oh, like that's a little odd. I don't know if you caught that. He's taking their, the credit back for 1999. He what happened in 99? He brought up the Rams a lot yesterday. Well, I think he talked about their progression that they made in the three years that it took. Yeah, but at one point he said the they stuff they put down is still you still see it today. 25 years and like two cities later, really? Not so sure. Well, yeah, you're gonna you're gonna brag about your wins. Yeah, I guess you don't brag about the losses. You end up bragging about the wins. When you, as come, you move forward. You come off a tough year. Uh, all this, yeah, you know, like stuff from yesterday. I, I get what happened yesterday. That's all I get. What happened? The offensive crew was fired, except for the O line coach. Head coach stayed. His defensive side of the football stayed. Okay, that's what happened. Those are the decisions they made. I always tied Getsy and Fields together. That's what I've done. Do you think it the, means they're... I know that both of those guys are tied together. If they, they, they both rise, then they stay. If they both stink, then they go. <laughs> Do you think Getsy being gone makes it more likely that Fields will be gone? I think the next process is the identification of which quarterback you want in this draft. Mm. I think the next thing they got to do. So they've got to go over and they've got to analyze. They've got to talk to their scouts. They've got to get together. Is there a guy that we should take with number one? Should we trade down? Do we identify a guy that we like? and we think could be the quarterback of the Chicago Bears, and move down. It doesn't necessarily mean that Justin Fields goes. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean that he goes. Is his value greatest now, or is his value greatest next year before the draft? I mean, before the season? Before the trade deadline. deadline. When, do, when, when teams are more desperate. What if he's not playing? When what teams if the are panicked. Playing, you know? Um, if they draft a rookie and he's playing. I think if they draft further down the line that they'd want him to sit. That's true. There you go. That's, so that's what I project. think. Okay. Josh is in Columbus. What's up, Josh? Yeah, hey there, boys. Appreciate you guys doing my call. Sure. Hey, wanted to chat a little bit about that press conference yesterday. Um, certainly wasn't, you know, super thrilled or super, uh, I guess, glued to anything that they were saying. Um, but one thing I thought was, was kind of interesting was kind of the way they – you know, spoke about Luke Getzey and the way they kind of seemed to, to kind of scapegoat Luke Getzey. And, like, I don't think that Luke Getzey did, like, this knockdown, drag-out, bang-up job as the offensive coordinator, right? But, like, if I have an issue with Luke Getzey, I call into the Carmen Nierko show and complain about it. <laughs> if Matt Eberflus or Kevin Warren has an issue with Luke Getzey, then, by God, walk down to his office and fix it. Right? If you don't like the way the offense is being run, you don't like the way that plays are being called, and you don't like the way that quarterbacks are being developed, that falls underneath your umbrella. Walk down to his office and fix it. And I'll say this too, guys. I think we all kind of know which way the wind's blowing right? when it comes to what we're doing with the number one pick. If you took a Venn diagram of like Justin Fields' strengths and weaknesses and compared it to a Venn diagram of like Caleb Williams' strengths and weaknesses, I think you'd see a lot of similarities. I think you probably okay? would, yeah. And the, re- the reason I bring that up, like, you got to figure out what happened in Justin Fields' development over the course of two years that didn't work, okay? you got to identify it and be able to apply a better plan to Caleb Williams, 
Okay. And this isn't just like an offensive or defensive thing, right? Like Caleb Williams has a huge issue with turnovers. We know this from experience that Matt Eberflus hates turnovers. And Caleb Williams is three years in college football. He leads college football in times putting the ball on the deck, right? Matt Eberflus, in response to Justin Fields' turnover problems, initiates like this 200 tight game, right? right? Yeah. Two touchdowns, Two no sacks. Yeah. You cannot coach the aggressiveness out of your quarterbacks, particularly when they're already hesitant to throw into tight windows and throw into you know, small spaces, right? If you have a gunslinger for a quarterback, you've got to let them be aggressive and you've got to let them learn on the job. Uh, all good points, Josh. It's why uh, they need a very good support system, uh, whomever they deem fit, if they are going to draft a quarterback or if they're sticking with Justin just to help get even more out of him and get the very best out of him. All right, uh, we got a ton of Bears calls we want to hear from you. we got plenty of time. We'll uh, start getting into some more of these coming up in a few minutes. And I'm also going to play for you when we come back. Kevin Warren on what's happening with the stadium deal in the South Lot. Are they staying in Chicago after all this, Yerk? Maybe. I'll play for you what Kevin Warren said at his press conference yesterday when we come back. 312-332-3776. It's Carmen and Yerk. You're listening to Carmen and Yerko. Follow the show on Twitter at Carmen DeFalco and at Yerko64. This is ESPN Chicago, Chicago's home for sports. Back out to the phones in just a minute. I'm going to play some more Kevin Warren sound. Crosstalk with Waddle and Sylvia 2. Black and Abdallah are on 7 to 8 tonight after Bears Weekly and... We've got Suns Lakers after the guys are off the air tonight. So NBA for your fancy. Did you guys hear? I don't want to get us off track, but uh, I just thought of it because the Lakers won a game against Toronto the other day. Did you hear the Raptors coach? Who's it? I, it it's Darkos. How do you say his name? Because uh, he's new and I have Toronto Raptors. Yeah, it's is it. Uh, I can't think of how you say his last name. Hold on. He's one of yours, Yerk. Uh, is it? Um, Come on, internet, let's go. It's Darko Rajokovic. Does that look right, Yurko? If it was R-A-J-A-K-O-V-I-C, would that be right? Do I have that right? Is it Rajokovic? He's Serbian, though, so I know there's a little nuance sometimes with the way they pronounce things. Okay, you ready? How would you say that? Rajakovic. Okay, I'm not going to say it that way. I mean, can you just tell me? It's Darko Rajakovic. The J's a Y. Rajakovic. Rajakovic. Did you guys hear his rant on the refs the other day? No. It was awesome. Awesome. We should play that just for uh, your listening pleasure. Well, I, I'm, Dude, I'm up it for was it. great. He was he was irate that Anthony Davis went to the free throw line 11 times in the fourth quarter. Let's and hear it. We'll play that maybe a little bit later. So uh, we'll take you into Suns. Boy, the Suns have struggled. Oof, they look old. Uh, the Suns and Lakers when Black and Abdallah are done tonight. Here, Yurko, is Kevin Warren talking about the stadium, okay, and a potential deal and what intrigues okay. he and the Bears about the South lot along the lakefront. Intrigues me about the, I mean, it's not necessarily the South Lot. What intrigues me uh, about downtown is I, I strongly believe Chicago is the finest city in all of the world. I mean, very rarely you, do you get an opportunity to have such a beautiful downtown with a vibrant business community, with an absolutely beautiful lake and the energy that, that goes along. And so I always focus on, you know, what's a way that we could, you know, bring together the beauty of the lake, the beauty of downtown, the business community, all the art exhibits uh, to bring that together for an environment. Because it's always about the fans. How, how can we create an environment that they really enjoy? And not only on our game days, but also from art, from food, 
um, um, just from music. And, uh, I, I, you know, I live downtown. I love the city. And I just think we're we're blessed to be able to live in a city like Chicago. And so it has many pluses. And uh, and so I'm, I'm just a big proponent of the Chicagoland area. I'm a big proponent of Arlington Heights. But there's something that's really special about uh, downtown Chicago. Sounds like a guy who might want to stay downtown. The problem for the fans, I think, and, and listen, I, I know we can line up calls and it's probably 50-50. I don't know. And I don't go to home games, so I, why, who am I to talk, I guess? You know, right. Black's got season tickets. His family's got season tickets. I've got friends who have season tickets. My brother did for a little while. I think the biggest problem for the fans is the logistical nightmare that is Soldier Field. And if you stay somewhere along the lake there, I just think the, I think you're still running into some of the same problems, yes, you are. aren't you're you? You're running into the exact same problems. So what hasn't happened in Arlington? Well, I don't think they've gotten they haven't they gotten their tax relief. The tax relief. They haven't gotten their tax relief. Yeah. They don't want to be paying $19 million in taxes on a property that's just basically a slab of land. That's, that's all it is. is now, it's yeah. not a working piece of property. No. When Arlington Park was there, it was a working piece of property. <laughs> now that you've torn it down to generate zero revenue, why am I paying uh, taxes at the assessed value of Arlington Park if Arlington Park is not there anymore? So we filed an appeal. We want the taxes down lower into the $3 million range which would be maybe somewhat feasible and a little bit. You can sit on that land for six years and not pay six one nine one hundred four million dollars right. Now you'd only pay $18 million, which is the one year that you'd be paying up there. Right. Right. So it's down. So what hasn't happened? That hasn't that. happened. Yeah. Yeah. They haven't gotten their tax relief. And now that they haven't gotten their tax relief, what suddenly becomes a more viable option? Down here? Downtown becomes a more viable option. We'll sit on the land. We'll sell the land. And maybe Brandon Johnson helps cater to their wishes a little more because he wants to keep the Bears Maybe. Maybe the the big fella down in Springfield Mm. will find a way to get that done also. You know what I'm saying? Kind of a a multifaceted approach where you get a little bit of state help, you get a little bit of city help, and the next thing you know, a stadium that's only 22 years old gets torn down and they build another stadium. Because you can't have two stadiums next to each other, right? And with no longer that being Can designated, they tear down Soldier Field? is it no longer designated a uh, whatever it was? Well, being I thought a, it was a no, landmark. Remember it's they not? took it off. They took the landmark status oh. off of it because of the stupidity they did inside of it. Oh, I don't know if I knew that. Is oh, that right? Yeah. They removed its landmark status. Oh yeah, maybe. It, and I, never mind Daniel Burnham's original plans for what the lakefront was supposed I, to I be. I love when you go, Daniel. Do you think Daniel any Burnham. of these jackaloons at City Hall give a rat's ass about the lakefront? When <laughs> no, they don't. But they'd be tearing down McCormick Place already, which is an eyesore. Yeah. Right. The one that's on the east, the side, on the east side of Lakeshore Drive. It's an eyesore. That's what it is. They don't that's use that, right? Uh, basically not. They use the other side. But the point is, they tear that down and just put another structure where there's already an existing structure. When Yurko uh, goes all Daniel yeah. Burnham and Frederick Law Olmsted, I get. Yeah. I don't know about you guys, but I get tingling. Once again, Yurko is right. Yeah. The stadium's interior was built as part of a major renovation project in 2002, which modernized the facility but lowered its seating capacity, eventually causing it to be delisted as a natural wow. historic landmark in 2006. So, so you can tear it down. it down, wash it, wax it, and burn it down. Wow. They don't care. They'll make it a parking lot so people can actually finally tailgate yeah. at Soldier Field. They need tailgating. That's why Arlington would be cool. You go to Kansas City, you see that tailgate or Dallas. Oh, yeah. You know, we've been to Bears games there. It's incredible. Oh, yeah. Uh, here, not as much. Tony in Yorkville. Parking What's up, lots Tony? really make the, the well, water look great, too. So, well, I thought you meant for... I like a slab of concrete. You need it, you need it for the tailgating. Lake Michigan. 
the, the, the tailgate scene at Kansas City is amazing. What do you got, Tony? Tony what's up? Sorry to digress. Hey, what's going, what's going on, boys? Love the show. Thank you. Before I get into it, Carm, the, the Raptors head coach is by far my favorite head coach right now. The, I, 23 free throws. You know what? You just tell me you want them to win. I'll keep my team at home. Okay? That's what he said. I mean, that, Tony's right. That's basically what he said. It was awesome. He goes, he if you're telling me it's Earth. already determined, I'll keep my team at home. It was great. It was so great. Just I wish we needed an NFL coach to do that, but uh, no. I digress. So <clears throat> that whole press conference is kind of a conundrum, and I get irritated when they keep talking about, like, oh, Eberflus pulled us out of the ditch. It's like, buddy, you drove the car into the ditch. Like Waddle always says, like, you don't get bonus points for not doing drugs. Like the 0-4 start, that's on you. Not yeah. being prepared game one, that's on you. What is it, one one win against a team with a winning record his entire tenure, I believe? I mean, that's on him. I mean, the three historic losses, that's on him. Like, it's still – and I don't – I think Paul's kind of slipped up. I don't know if he should have or wanted to admit it, but you you don't admit that, like, we we didn't do our due diligence or, or gathered any kind of information to see if anybody else can be an upgrade on Eberflus. Like, that, that was a misstep in my opinion, and the whole, like – the continuity piece. Well, most of the staffs, you know, kiboshed. He shouts oh, right. out all the players that had a good year. Fields wasn't one of them. When he did shout out Fields, he's like, he had no interceptions. Oh, thank, thank, thank our, thank our lucky stars that that's his best stat of the season. Yeah. I mean, it's just, it, it just boggles my mind. But my question though is, I was kind of thinking about this. Do you think they'll keep Fields though, in the sense that you remember the beginning of the season, he kind of threw. Didn't mean to, obviously, but he kind of almost threw Getsy under the bus sure. by saying, I'm not being utilized right, and I'm not being utilized right. So is this, could there be their out by saying, well, you know, Fields wasn't comfortable in the system. Now we got Getsy out, somebody in here, so that could be it. Um, love you guys. I'll hang up Thank and listen. Thank you, Tony. Yeah, I think that pro- that was after week two. You know, he was two games in, and you were kind of in disarray, and the quarterback wasn't liking things, and you were having to relieve the defensive coordinator, whom you picked of his duties, and you were 0-4, and my God, I mean, Kansas City, for how much have we talked about the Kansas City Chiefs not looking right this year? They sure looked right that day we were there. Yeah. That was probably Kansas City's best, best output game. of the year. Best game. Yerk, yeah. you know, I mean. And Travis Kelsey, when he was fresh and his legs weren't tired. Women, weakened legs. None of it was good. You know who said it, right? Mick. Well, Mick said it, right? Yeah. Burgess Meredith and Rocky. Burgess Meredith from Rocky, when he said, you got to leave that pet shop dame alone. Yes. Yeah. Women, weakened legs. Steve's in Naperville. What's up, Steve? Hey, guys, love the show. Thanks. What's up, Steve? In regards to yesterday's press conference and a caller or two uh, previous in regards to quarterback development, um, I wanted to ask Yurko about what he has seen during his playing days as well as what you guys know about what really happens, if at all, regarding quarterback development. The elephant in the room that didn't get addressed yesterday, despite the fact that we've all talked for the last six months and will now pivot for the next four months, is fields development or lack thereof. Is there truly a curriculum of development that goes place in the NFL for any of these young guys that come out? They're 22, 23 years old, and despite the fact they've played all their lives, they all seem to struggle. But when you look at some of the success that we've seen competitively with Green Bay and Rodgers sitting for two to three years and then Love sitting for two to three years as Rodgers finished. 
is there really a method to the madness? Right. Are these guys? Are they throwing these guys out to the wall? All right. Uh, now, uh, is, is there a way to develop quarterback? Yeah, but developing quarterback takes time. It doesn't happen overnight. I uh, hearken back to the thrilling days of yesteryear when I got a young Brett Favre in 1992 in Green Bay. And he came in when Mikowski got hurt. Tim Crumry breaks through the line, gets to Mikowski, drags him down in the process, does one of them hip drop tackles, mm-hmm. sprains Mikowski's ankle. In comes Brett Favre. Favre comes in, looks lost for the better part of the game, mm. but at the end finds a way to hit Kittrick Taylor down the right sideline in a four vertical. Only touchdown pass Kittrick Taylor ever caught from Brett Favre. How about that? Win the game against the Cincinnati Bengals. Mike Shula or Dave Shula was the coach at the time. If you remember, one well, of Don's boys, Mike one of the two, one of the two was the head yeah. coach there. So he wins that game. He struggled the rest of the year. You know, he throws 18 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, doesn't really wow the world. Comes back in 93, throws 19 touchdowns, 24 interceptions for 3,300 yards. He's struggling. He's trying to figure it out. In 94, he has his come to Jesus meeting. Yeah. In the middle of the season, when they play the Minnesota Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings are tearing them half to hell. And he hears, uh, what's his name, barking over on the other side, the Hall of Famer, John Randall. Yes. Henry Thomas is playing on the nose. Roy Barker and Chris Dolman are out there. And they are getting the best of the, show, of the Green Bay Packer offensive line. And they pulled him. They yeah. put Mark Brunell in the game and they pulled him, right? Yep. Then he had this come to Jesus meeting with him. Now, he still threw for 33 touchdowns and 14 interceptions that year and 3,800 yards. So he's, he's getting better, getting better as time gets up there. Mike wants to tell him that sometimes you got to take the simple throws. Take the simple throws. It's okay. The other stuff's going to open up if you're willing to take some of the easy stuff. Take the easy stuff first, and the rest of it will open up. Then he comes back in 95 and blows it out of the water. 4,400 yards, 38 touchdowns, 13. They end up going to the NFC Championship game. The next two years, they end up going to the Super Bowl, winning one of them. So is there a development? In the raw numbers, you can look at the development happen in front of your eyes. But it wasn't until he was willing to take the easy stuff because he's greedy. Quarterbacks sometimes are greedy. They want the great stuff first. He took the easy stuff. Once he started taking the easy stuff, everything else kind of opened up behind him. There you go. More of your calls coming up. 312-332-3776. McKnight at the movies. A little bit later on, we'll do that in about 30. We got Todd Furman live in Vegas at 135. We'll be right back. Working from home? We're back in the office. Don't miss a minute of Carmen and Yurko. Just ask your smart speaker to play ESPN 1000. Preview Wild Card Weekend with Todd Furman in Vegas in a little bit. It's Carmen and Yurk. You can ring us up at 312-332-3776. Watch us on YouTube on the station's homepage, the ESPN Chicago page. You can also watch on Twitch. And make sure you've got the ESPN Chicago app. We're live in the State Street Studios. The sun is out. Enjoy it for the next few hours. Because tomorrow, oof, tomorrow's going to be ugly. Yeah, well, I mean, we'll be here for you. It's going to be ugly, but, you know, it's the winter. Don't That's remind what me. we're here for. You, you, you take the harshness of winter in stride. Why? Why? I don't know. Because that way, when the spring and the summer come around, you can enjoy it that much more. Uh, because we have to? Right. Yeah. What's spring? We don't have spring anymore. Yes, no, you no. do. No, we don't. No, we don't. Yeah, no, we don't. Carmen's right. We yeah, don't. We have no spring. Now, I will say, we have beautiful falls. We seem to be in a different weather pattern than... It's wonderfully autumnal. Wonderful. Yeah. 
we have wonderful, wonderful falls, and we did again well, this year. It's usually drier in the fall than it is in the spring. But I mean, it's even warmer now. I'm telling you, there's just something's happened. We're in this pattern now. We have no spring. As a parent who's not only coached but as a son, go through youth baseball for going on what seven years now. Right. I will tell you, we have no spring. It's it's ridiculous. Spring starts March 21st, right? Uh, uh, your dilemma is that you don't have enough sunlight where it's warming enough toward the evening. That's true. So you get out there for baseball. The sun's low in the sky. It's you know, it's starting to come back in the northern hemisphere. Right. But it's always what I remember when my kids played baseball. It was cold. It sucks. Yerk. And it's the 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 late aughts. Oh seven, oh eight, oh nine is when my kids were playing baseball. Oh six, oh seven. They're playing baseball. It sucks. It sucks. You're wearing coats out there. Oh, it's nighttime. It's all bundled up. Uh, you, you got all the Under Armour you could possibly find just to find a way to keep them warm. You got the guy throwing on the mound, maybe seventy one, and he's ripping cool. it. And now, God forbid, you don't catch full contact. You get it toward the you know bad handle, and you got the oh the needles the thingies. Nothing but misery on that that baseball diamond. Nothing they, but misery. They tell the kids when we're like they're sizing for jerseys for the think, spring. They're like buy yeah. it a little big so you could put a sweatshirt on underneath. Why do you that? think they do house league so early? And house league is like done by July first. Our house league is done like mid June. Yeah, that's yeah. my point. Why? So all the travel guys can get out and do their travel stuff yeah. for the rest of the summer before the kids need to go to back to school in the middle of August or third week of August. That's crazy. That's why. You want to have six weekends where you can go gallivant with your team. God forbid practice. There'll be no practice. There'll be no practice. We're going to schedule 100 games during the summer because we just want you playing games and never working on your craft. Never. It's a good debate, Yerk. I'd like to it's continue that. debate. It's an interesting it debate. Is, I'd like is, to have that at I'll give you an interesting debate. It is 100% factual. Kids now play too much games. I think you're they probably play way right. too many games. And they don't Some really argue that it's enough. the best way for them to like feel the game and understand it and the nuance. Yeah, and, I mean, if you want to be but stupid. I'm more yeah. with you. Yeah, thank it you. It should be a little bit more practice and not as many games. Yes. But it's gone way the other way because a parent demand mostly, and you got to play in this tournament, you got to play in that tournament, we gotta you got to go. play this game, and you got to play that game. Yeah, and most like, of the whoa. time, parents want to get away and they want to get on the road and they want to get hammered up and then tell them yeah. they'll tell you how great they are, or how much they sacrifice for their children. That's true, you're yeah. Great. I'm Co- so great, such a wonderful parent. Co- I take my kid everywhere. Colin's in uh, Michigan. Hey. What's up, Colin? Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Man. Great. What's going on? Hey. I have a big issue. So, like, if we're comparing numbers, we all agree Andrew Luck was a fantastic quarterback coming out of college, generational talent. Caleb Williams has more touchdowns, less interceptions than Andrew Luck's college career. This is a clear, to me, generational talent, and it's only the Bears that we have to ask ourselves, do we really want this quarterback or do we want someone else or stay with the mediocrity of fields? Hmm. Some of you guys' thoughts. Uh, all right, Colin. Thank, thank you for the call. I don't think you could just compare stats, though. I mean, I, I don't. I think there needs to be a more in-depth breakdown of, and a more in-depth analysis of, like, what that player has, what he does well, how he projects. I mean, I bet I could look at Ryan Leaf's stats, and, yeah. and they were pretty impressive, would be yeah. my guess. I think you go through there and say, wow. You know? That's I pretty bet you nice. could find a lot of guys whose stats were good and comparable to others. And then when it was all said and done, you go, eh. You know, when their NFL careers were all said and done, you go, eh. Uh, Three years at Stanford, he played 12, 13, and 13 games. Andrew Luck? Andrew Luck. He had 13, 32, 37. 82 total touchdowns in three years that he played in college football. A lot. 
So let's uh, let's do an apples to apples things. You'd have to do per game. His rating in college one sixty two point eight. So just for comparison's sake, okay. And again, uh, like not I don't uh, how many years. Let's do apples to apples. How many games? You, oh no, I was just going to tell I you. You put Caleb, Caleb Williams up there. No, I wasn't even doing that. All I right. can, I can. But I was going to say like the year Peyton Manning came out and he was one. Eric had thirty six touchdowns to eleven interceptions. You know what Ryan Leaf's numbers were? Thirty three to ten. And so I don't know that you could just look at that and say, well, Ryan Leaf was almost as good in college. He's going to be, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. I, yes. I, I think there's more analysis that has to go on. Now, you want Caleb's numbers real quick yeah. before we break? Hold on. I will get those for you. Here we go. You got uh, Ryan, Le- you got, um, excuse me, uh, Andrew Luck? Yeah, I got Luck. You want the last two years or all three years? You well, want the first year at Oklahoma, too? Uh, give me the three years, right? I 93 did. touchdowns, 14 interceptions. Why can't I see it? Quarterback rating of 169 in college. That is impressive. And that is over, let me see, uh, seven, that's 37 games, Jericho. Played 37 games in college, 93 touchdowns, 14 interceptions. That's impressive, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, it is impressive. That's impressive. Oh, there it is. I got it. I finally got there, Carm. Thank you. 11-14-12, so you don't have that much of a game disparity He either. threw 72 touchdown passes the last two years and didn't have a good year this year. Yeah, 93 overall, right? Yep, yep, 93 overall. 72 touchdowns. So Luck had the... Why? Why? You got to really get into the analysis and what the tape tells you. Right. And what the makeup is. I get it. That's the hard part, but you do have to do your best to try to figure it out. What does the tape tell you? What do you see? Do you see a quarterback that can process? When you talk to him, does he understand? Does he understand defenses in the NFL? Is he getting it when you talk to him? Does he understand leverage? Does he understand the concepts? Does he understand how much quicker the game is going to be? Can they make that transition? 312-332-ESPN. We're back in two minutes.